Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Welcome to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today I've been joined with the one and only Kasha Dabro Keelan. Um, Kasha is a consciously healthy uh, individual who is the owner of um, Consciously Healthy uh, and is a health and fasting coach, uh, which I'm really excited about, Kasha, if I'm honest, because fasting is, is definitely one of those topics of conversation that is so I think prevalent uh, right now isn't it absolutely absolutely and um, it's one of those topics where a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of confusion about as well there is I think I think like with anything that's quite kind of topical um, there's a lot of different opinion uh and 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 voices and I do want to get into some of the the fasting, uh, elements of what you do because I think that it is a real hot potato and I think that it needs a bit more education so I will look to take us there at some point during the next 30 minutes on, on the podcast have you had a good like couple of quarters in in 2022 a couple of good quarters you know the first six months of the year yes yes absolutely um, it's definitely been challenging times. I'm not quite sure about the rest of the world, but definitely here in Australia. And I think, um, you know, COVID has really put a spin through everything. So a lot of uh, clients um, that came through the door my way, you know, uh, I guess they got a bit anxious um, coming through. So I've taken the opportunity to study a bit further and to concentrate and taking consciously healthy to a bit of a different level as well. Um, so as we mentioned, I um, I run groups and do fasting with some of the clients, and usually that's just through um, Zoom meetings, so we don't necessarily have to meet um, in person. Uh, but I've started uh, studying further um, ideology as well, which is another fascinating area, and I just want to combine everything and all my knowledge and really thrive through. Yeah, I think it's and really... taking the clients to the next to the next level. Yeah, I think it's really important that we that when we have our own business and when we're in a service-based business that we we don't obsess too much about ourselves. We don't become too self-indulgent. I've noticed this with businesses when I've worked with entrepreneurs. You know, there's this sense of they see their business as their baby, but just like in the natural, there is a period of time where our business is in its infancy and it does need uh, mothering and it does need help and it does need to be fed. But, but as it grows and develops, you can no longer treat it like, like a baby. You actually have to allow it to, to grow, but you also have to be mindful of what it is that those around your business need And it. We should never lose sight of what it is that our, our customers need because we're so hell bent 
and precious about this baby that we've created that we we lose our place in the marketplace because actually we've we've made it all about ourselves and not about about our client and that's so important isn't it absolutely 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 and i guess you want to cater for just more than a specific group as well so again going back to fasting it's not for everyone um, I wouldn't run, you know, fasting uh, program with pregnant ladies, for example, um, or kids or, any, or, you know, elderly with really sort of um, medical conditions. Um, so it really does depend, you know, where you want to drive the business to. And uh, I guess work with everyone. Um, I guess the idea for me is to, uh, you know, even use the ideology um, to assist everyone and assist them to be the best version of them that they can be. So, yes, we all have limitations. Some people have chronic illness or, you know, other difficulties, and you just really want to make sure that they thrive and be the best person that they can be. Yeah. Now, you started in the world of social work, and you were, you were in that for 15 years. What made you decide to all of a sudden, you know, shift focus and, and start doing what you're doing now? I don't think it was actually all of a sudden. Um, I think... The whole health aspect has been on my mind for years. Um, I started social work um, after I finished my psychology degree and I actually wasn't too sure where to go after the psychology um, course. Um, and I guess I decided to lean towards social work and um, finished my postgrad here at La Trobe in Melbourne. And I really enjoy working with people. And I guess social work gave me that stepping stone. Um, but working through, working in many hospitals and different systems um, in the UK and Australia, um, it had its limitations. The system um, isn't for, designed to help everyone. And there was a lot of red tape. And I think for me, there was always a little bit more. There's, you know, I can do a bit more and, you know, this person des deserves a bit more. And I think because of the limitations, um, social work slowly didn't line up with my values. And um, unfortunately, when my mum was 56, she passed away due to cancer. And I think once the grief stopped, I really sort of um, looked deeper into, you know, what could have prevent her dying at 56 and um, I came across a currently who's my coach as well and I've studied ideology with him in Bali and I've, it just opened up a different world to me uh, and I guess slowly uh, yes I was working as a social worker but at the back of my mind I always knew that this is the the area that I really want to concentrate on and I guess I found myself uh, quitting social work and diving into my own business yeah, and uh, so, sorry to hear about your mom. And again, I feel like, Kasia, something that's really evident for me when I interview various people and I had conversations with people, uh, many of us, we're doing what we're doing because of, of some backstory that's driven something within us that actually wants to, I guess, prevent um, some events that happen that we feel like maybe we could have had uh, an impact on or at least slowed down the process, you know, and you talk right. about, you know, losing your mom at 56, which is no age, you know, and how that's motivated you to want to protect other people from being taken at so young and how that's become your why 
uh, and why you keep showing up. And for me, I think that's something beautiful, liberating and something that I, I'm sure that your mom is proud of. Thank you. And it's definitely my big why, as you call it. Absolutely. Yeah, and we need, we need that. I've been t- talking to, I mean, start with why Simon Sinek, it's one of the most like famous like thoughts and, and, and books that he really elaborates on. But I mean, I've been mentioning to people about, because some people are like, Matt, how come you're so driven on getting like the results that you do? And I, I always say when your why is big enough, the how isn't the issue. You know, whenever, right. whenever we know why, and when that why becomes deep and it becomes clear and it becomes big and it becomes significant, then actually the the challenge, the obstacle, the frustration uh, doesn't rank as high as the why. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the major conversations that comes up with clients and not just only for my clients, but when I speak with other coaches and coaches with coaches because we train each other as well and we always um you know follow that why and why are we here why are we doing that it brings us back to the to focus um and the reason why we're doing it but it also shows that passion and I think when you're doing something with passion it just grows naturally and um, I think people can sense that which is really important yeah and whenever somebody mentions passion I always have to mention this because the Greek meaning of the word passion means to suffer and most people don't realize that that actually is what it means which means are you willing to suffer for what you believe in it it changes the identity and the way that we relate you know obviously we we live in a society that's about you know removing ourselves from from hurt and pain so this idea of passion being something that um, is a result of suffering, not all suffering has to uh, have a negative connotation. I know that if you want a great body, in a lot of ways you suffer as you run endlessly and, and you break down your muscle and you build it back up. And we don't really see or share that story. We only post the pictures of our of our body with a, a six pack or a beach body. And we don't necessarily share like some of the suffering that goes, you know, in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting you you say that because as I was listening to you, what the passion means in Greek, I was like, yep, I can see that suffering at the back, you know, the amount that you put in and the time and the commitment, uh, you know, I put my girls to bed and, you know, in the middle of the night I'm studying and writing notes and, you know, it's, it's that, I guess, yeah, that's the, that's the commitment that you put in. That's the suffering that you're, I guess, mentioned. Um, but yes, passion and suffering, I guess it goes hand in hand. Yeah. And it, like I said, it isn't, an, it isn't a negative, but it just shows, no. it just shows you your belly and it, and it goes back yep. to, to the why. And I've always been a big believer that anything of value has to cost you something. Because if there's no value yep. in it, where, where, where is the preciousness of it? you know yeah that's right we live in it we live in a world where everything is easy come easy go everything is fast food fast payments we've lost the art of patience of process of you know having the stomach and and the resilience you know we're 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 too much like flowers that are easily swayed 
Now, I know that you love psychology. What what is what is it about psychology that you love the most? I think it's the for me it's the I guess in general the human behavior. You know how we act, how we react to certain things. Um, neuropsychology was probably one of my best subjects that I enjoyed throughout my course, and it's all about the brain. Um, so that's really the fascinating bit for me. And oh, it's yeah. always, it's, you know, you can dip deeper each time and you learn something more and more. And I love sometimes going back to my books because obviously you forget, and, you know, you, you move on to something else and it's just, yeah, just interesting. Yeah, I, I can absolutely geek out on human behavior. So I, I love the fact that you drew that out because um, that's definitely one part of psychology I really love. Where do you feel like your passion for helping others come from? You know, would you attribute that to losing your mum earlier or is there other attributions that you would give that to? I think maybe a mix of both, to be honest. Um, as I mentioned, even before, you know, the passing of mum, I think I enjoyed working and helping people. Um, I think it's in my nature. And um, social work obviously was the right career move for as I did it for as long as I did and then with um yeah I guess losing my mum I think that just sped things up for me a little bit further yeah I think I think that like we've already alluded to that often the th the things that we go through in life they're not even about us they're actually about what we're going to contribute to that to those around us you know and having that innate sense of wanting to to give and, and to help and to encourage and support you know I think that that is born out of our own out of our own loss our own pain our own um journey you know if you, if you like what what keeps you you know hungry and wanting to keep learning and developing because it's clear that you know you, you already talked about how you you love to read you love psychology and you know you're constantly showing you know, ways you can keep moving the needle forward. What what keeps that hunger going? Uh, I think I always feel that I don't know enough. So, you know, different people, different conversations and topics come up and, uh, you know, you want to sort of tell people what you know, but there's always those limitations. And I think the more you study and read and really sort of deep uh, dig deeper um it, you know it just gets you more interested um so even with you know with, when I went to the doctor's GP with my youngest one when she um I think she was about one and her eczema got out of control and you know the doctor just looked at me and said you know you can just give us steroids and just move on because otherwise your quality of life is going to go downhill and I kind of went well that's great. It's all fantastic to say so, but, you know, when your kid um, cries, you know, all night, uh, itches them, you know, their skin to the point of bleeding, mm. you, can't, you kind of want to, you know, look into it further. And I think the more you kind of see that and you know that, that, that people's actually, the, people, the, the person's actually suffering of, you know, A to, you know, from A to B, whatever it is, and you, you, you want to help them. And I think uh, that's what I say, you know, it's in my nature and I just want to learn more and read more so I can actually get a better understanding of what we can do to help, whether it's kids or adults. Mm. It really shines through that you love to look for solution 
Uh, yes. And, and rather than just offer an opinion, you actually add some some meat and some context to affecting the things that you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's about the balance. You know, there's so many people think that our oh, health coach is only about the food. It's not just about the food. It's actually about, you know, your entire lifestyle and the emotions that you carry day to day. And um, I think a lot of that gets missed these days. Mm, it does. And I think it's always important to focus a little bit on self. I'm a big believer that we can only give out of what we have. We, we don't have um, an unlimited supply of energy and, uh, and love. So what would be your highest expression of self-love? Uh, so I'm, uh, the things that I do for myself, I guess. Um, I love exercising, so I do find that time just for myself. Um, and I usually train with a personal trainer. Otherwise, I won't get motivated. I don't like going to the gyms and I've got no idea how to work the machines. So I actually have to be told what to do. Um, and I guess just in general, you know, those lazy days with, uh, you know, with the family on the beach. And we're pretty lucky that we live so close and, um, you know, we get more sunshine than not. Um, and I guess that's, that's just part of it, part of our lifestyle. Um, I always love the beach. I always love the sun. Mm. So I guess I relax from that, you know, within that. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's even reading a chapter from a book. You know, I, I love reading whether it's related to my business or not. Um, that's how I unwind as well. And I think that's how I, if I, when I do that and when I have that time for myself, then I can carry on, you know, day by day and um, week by week. Yeah, so important that we know what what we need and what our what our mind and our hearts respond to, you know. And I I always find being around water very healing, you know, very very cleansing. Being out in nature, you know, I talk about going out every every day for a walk for like an hour and twenty minutes just to be in nature and not necessarily to have an agenda other than than be present. And and we need that. So I love that you have that. Um, what was the transition like from being in a, in a 15 year old career to then having your own business? And what would be your, your top tip uh, for people wanting to make that transition? Oh gosh, the top tip. <laughs> I think it's been on my mind for so long. Uh, in a way, I regret that I didn't do it earlier. So the top tip would be just do it. Uh, you know, if, if that's what you want and if that's, you know, what your, I guess what your dream is. Um, I can't say that it was easy or it's not easy, um, but you just have to be flexible enough to see where it takes you. And yes, you have to have that focus and yes, you have to know where you're heading, uh, but, you know, don't be afraid to take different paths as well. Because uh, I guess for me, I started doing, you know, health coach doesn't really give you much sense of what we do as a health coach um but starting now the um ideology a bit deeper um that way i know that i can get the title you know people will understand it a little bit different um and you know just continue i guess building that knowledge uh because again you just don't know where the business will take you and what the clients actually need mm. I like that you said that. Even yesterday, I was in a conversation, and and there's that 
there's these two contrasts, right? We hear, we hear people say, you know, one day I will do that or one day I will get to that, you know? So you have that kind of contrast in society that people say that. And then, and then we have a situation like what you shared where you lost your mom at 56 and we acknowledge that life is precious and, and tomorrow isn't guaranteed. Uh, and having those two contrasts of, you know, I've got time one day and then actually um, we don't know when our time is done. We don't know what's around the corner. So I, like in between those two, you know, the ability to actually, if you really want to do something, go do it because one of the biggest i think traumas for people is regret that's right that's you know, right and i think that that's something that we all need to be mindful of Absolutely. i know that, yeah i know that you talk about like pillars for health what what are the main pillars um of our health yeah so this is actually um something that i've been contributing to brains uh with my articles and um again really love these topics and the feedback that I'm getting after each article is just fantastic um, because it's going back to the simple way of living and I think we lost that along the way as you mentioned I think before you know we're, we, we live in such a fast-paced world um, and we get bombarded with the information you know um, from every angle and we just really lost our way so the the pillars that I'm talking about and my coach actually taught me is, you know, the simple things like water, stay hydrated, uh, sunshine, you know, don't um, avoid the sun. The sun's actually there for us and for a reason. Um, the next article that I'm actually, um, I'm actually in the middle of uh, writing and contributing next month to, to Brian's is about food. And this one really gets me going and so it gets me excited because there's just again so much conflicting information so much confusion and I think we've actually complicated the the process or the idea of food and so many diets and everyone's just so confused about it um, and it doesn't have to be that way and I think the more simpler lifestyle we have and we leave the you know the healthier we are mm, so it's yeah. just combining all the pillars together to be honest yeah, and people can find out more about those pillars over the next few months as you continue to write articles around uh, water, sunshine, air, air, I know, was one that you did, I think. That's right, really. yeah. So uh, and food, which sounds great, because you're right, there is a lot of conversation around that. And I said to you at the start, like, I wanted to talk a little bit about fasting, Um is is fasting something that that you do? Is it a life? Is it a lifestyle now? Uh, I'm mindful of uh, Michael Mosley uh, bringing you know fasting to uh, our our worlds and and how he reversed diabetes, for example. Like start start telling us a little bit about about fasting in terms of yeah. you know is it something that you do? Uh, and obviously you put some caveats in there at the start. You said you wouldn't obviously encourage this with pregnant women, children, elderly, those that are medically like vulnerable, but for, for general things. Um, yeah. If you can give us a little bit of context. Absolutely. So it has become part of my lifestyle. And I think I did one, my very first one, um, probably when my eldest was born, I think she was about two years old. And to be honest, that's the best I have ever felt. 
Um, and so much energy, the brain fog was gone. And uh, it was just amazing because it's very common that after having a baby, you just feel sluggish and, you know, lack of energy and um, just not enough time, you know, for yourself. And I actually found that to be quite opposite when I started doing fasting. Now, fasting for it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, go for days without food. Um, you know, you choose the best path, I guess, for yourself. And I wouldn't want to um, run those programs with my clients. Um, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, I don't diagnose, um, but I'm, I would be sort of treating carefully um, with my clients. But what I would encourage um, is to, and that this is how I do it um, every day. And I feel the difference if I miss out. I don't eat breakfast in the morning. The morning is, um, for me, it's all about drinking enough water, dehydrate, um, and just feel that, I guess, that lightness about it. Um, I break the fast about 11 o'clock. That's when I start to feel a bit hungry, but I eat lots of fruit just to, again, hydrate my body, um, get things moving. Um, and I, I'm always the believer that less is more. So the less you put into your body, you actually gain more out of that. The body doesn't have to work so hard and your main organs are there to protect you. The, the, the body's your friend, um, but if you overwhelm it, it just becomes harder for the body to work. And I think that's where certain issues and problems start to occur. And on top of that, if we take medication and you know eat takeaway or you know junk food, you're not really helping the organs to work at its best. So I think this is where it starts to get very um, interesting, if you want to call it. And um, I guess, what I try to draw back from, you know, and, and tell my clients is you don't have to eat every hour of the day. Um, you know, you give your body a bit of a rest um, and what you put into your body obviously is extremely important as well. Mm. It is, it is so important. And it, I, I, it's interesting when you said, you know, less is more, because I, I talk about that quite a lot, not necessarily in the context of food, but really resonates like that that idea um and i like it, it makes perfect sense doesn't it you know if you if you put a little bit in it, it really does uh, enable the body to not like you said feel overwhelmed um by having to to digest and break down uh too too much food giving it giving it a, a little and interesting that you start at 11 a.m and 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 do you have that eight 16 kind of path where you eat within an eight hour window and then fast for six yes yeah so if i break my fast say at 11 o'clock i don't usually eat anything past eight that's getting already a bit late so if i um you know dinner's usually about 6 p.m anyway at our house due to young kids um and then i just don't snack and if i'm still hungry i can either have water or an apple or a banana something that's easily uh you know easy to digest um, and then you don't go to to bed feeling, you know, bloated or heavy. And then the, the body actually then can rest rather than work, you know, while you're sleeping. You know, your body needs to do its own thing and it doesn't have to digest all that food 24-7. Yeah, so from 8 p.m. to 11 a.m., yeah, it's like 15 hours, isn't it? Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's... yeah, and I, I don't have to be religious. It doesn't have to be eleven. You know, sometimes when I've got those days when I'm really hungry, you know, I'm okay with having a banana at ten o'clock. You know, ten in the morning. 
Yeah. Um, so you can be flexible. It, it's not, and this is something that I, I try to teach, um, you know, the clients is, you know, if you do this for, you know, day to day, but if you have something, you know, a day that you fall off the rails or do something differently, it's okay. You know, one of those days won't hurt you. And you just, it's just a, a matter of getting back on track. Beautiful. Now you've talked about iridology a couple of times. I'd never yes. heard, I'd never heard of it before. I uh, did a bit of research, you know, with yourself. And um, I just wanted to know, you know, what is, is that? And why does it fascinate you, you know, so much? Yeah. So um, I guess ideology is, it is a study of health um, and you examine the colour, the structure, the iris, the, you know, the, the pupil, um, the sclera, so the entire eye. And um, each person has, um, I guess it's so individual, it's like a fingerprint. And um, I guess us as ideologists, we can actually see certain things already by just looking at the colour. So there's um, the blue-eyed people who are prone to you know, one thing, then there's the brown-eyed people who are, you know, typically prone to another. Um, and then the green-eyed, which is called, in ideology terms, it's actually a mixed eye. Um, and there are so many people who actually think that they've got green eyes and they usually come back when we take a photo, they actually have a blue eye. Hmm. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It, it can tell you quite a, quite a lot about your health. So your um, pupil um, tells us what you're, carrying genetically from your parents. So the right hand side is your um, from the father's side. The left hand side is from your mum's side. Um, and then the, the wide bit, so the sclera around the, the pupil actually tells us what is happening in your body now. So that's where we can actually look into the, the nurturing points, you know, how we can actually um, support your body with what food, with what lifestyle, the emotions that come into play. So it's again, taking, if you want, taking all the pillars again, um, and putting them, you know, into the ideology as well and into the lifestyle. So it is everything kind of connects. Yeah, sounds fascinating. It really does. I, I'm going to have a look at that a little more uh, deeper. Is there anything that you kind of want to share, uh, Kasia, that, that's maybe burning that we haven't before we bring this into land and, and do let people know how they can uh, get a hold of you and find out more about what it is that you do? Oh, absolutely. So um, obviously through Brains, I think all my details are there. So there's a email, there's um, a link to my website. There's also a number. And I know I live in Australia and everyone else is kind of spread everywhere else. Um, but technology is great from that perspective these days. Yeah. And, um, and I guess once I finish my um, next part of ideology, um, I've already done 14 modules and 14, 14 exams. So I'm just taking a breather right now until next one um but that's something that i'm hoping to do as well even for those who live overseas um there, there is technology where we can take photos of the eyes mm -hmm. and then we just type a report so we can have you know even like a zoom meeting you know do the whole um assessment on zoom or over the phone whatever suits um and then i usually send out the report with my findings and my recommendations sounds great uh, really enjoyed uh, spending some time with you, finding out a little bit about about fasting and uh, iridology and 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 some of your own backstory. Because I'm always fascinated by how people have ended up doing what they do now and how that yeah. then translates to be of contribution, you know, to others. So 
So thank you for Absolutely. thank you for the time. I've really enjoyed it. My pleasure. Likewise. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Max Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.